and this is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, voters in the city of Charlottesville go to the polls to elect their representatives to two seats on the Charlottesville City Council. This recording is Tim Dodson's October 13, 2017 interview with Amy Lawfer, a Democrat. Other candidates in this race include Independent John Edward Hall, Democrat Heather Hill, Independent Kenneth Wayne Jackson, Independent Paul Long, and Independent Candidate Nakia Walker. Ms. Lawfer, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in compilation in the compilation of the nonpartisan voter guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates, and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily related to land use, transportation, public education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For the others, you have been provided only the topic in advance. All City Council candidates will be asked the same questions. We ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpts selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? Yes. Thank you for having me here today. Question one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies you to be on the Charlottesville City Council. So I've been a resident for about 15 years. I met my husband in the Peace Corps. He's originally from here. Um, we're raising a family and a business here. I've been on the school board for the past six years, two years as vice chair and two years as chair. Uh, I've learned much about governing and leading through this experience. Uh, number one, it's important to listen to um, all stakeholders and even ones that you don't agree with so they can deepen your understanding and broaden your perspective. And then you need to do your homework and understand what are the resources that the city has to come to bear on the solution. And then you have to set a goal and prioritize to make it happen. And you have to work as a team. And, uh, you know, you just cannot solve problems alone. And lastly, and most importantly, that it's not about anyone that's elected. It's really about our community and um, making things better for the people around us. I would like to just also put in a plug about what are the um, duties of city council, because I think there's been some confusion in the past. So um, the duties of city council are the same as a school board. Uh, we have an elected body that is the um, liaison between the community and the manager or the superintendent in the school board um, case. But uh, the city council or the school board sets the priorities, and then they look at budgetary and policy issues to help those priorities become um, a reality. And the city manager or the superintendent is actually in charge of the day-to-day -day operations and implementing the vision of the city council or the school board. So I think um, we need to make sure that we understand that role and um, fulfill that to the best of our ability. Question two. What is your top priority for action by the city council if you are elected? So, I mean, I've been talking about this since February, and I had 
my priorities in general, but I really think we're at a state where we have four kind of things happening around us. First, we have uh, distrust between the city council members themselves and the city staff, and I think we have to work on that first. And then I think we have a group of individuals that are very vocal about um, issues that they are concerned about, and those issues are important. And I think what we need to do is work with these individual groups and these people to uh, meet with them outside of the city council chambers and talk about how to come up with real solutions to the real problems that they're talking about. And then I think our third issue is the broader issues, which are the things that we kind of talked about during the primary, which is affordable housing, job creation, workforce development, transportation, infrastructure, transparency, environmental issues. And I have specific things in each of those areas that I'd like to work on. Uh, but then I think our last category of issues are all the um, lawsuits that the city is facing with the parking garage, the statute, the bike lawsuit with the county, and then all these lawsuits that are occurring since August 12th. And so I think those are the issues that we're going to have to be facing. Um, but I think I'll be able to address the broader issues in the next questions. Question three. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the city budget that you are concerned about and tell us why. Well, when you look at revenues, um, you know, everything has gone up substantially. Typically, the city manager uh, forecasts a 2% raise, but what we've seen um, is a much more substantial raise than that. Usually, we have about 5%, which is why we seem to always have um, a budget surplus, which is great. But I think we need to be projecting better on targets. Um, when I look at revenue, I mean, we went up so much in our assessments last year. I think we should really move to a two-year assessment instead of an every-year assessment so that businesses and homeowners can plan accordingly. And when we look at expenses, um, I mean, I think everything we spend money on, of course, is um, certainly legitimate and necessary. But I think when you look at our infrastructure expenditures, it's much lower than it should be. And so I'd be interested in seeing how we could do projects for sidewalks and trails. These are things that people from going door to door, I heard many times, would like to be seen improvements in. Question four. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations? And how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? I think um, going back to what I talked about and bringing unity to so many groups, I mean, there has been um, you know, decades-long um, neglect and abuse of um, many segments of our population. And this summer, you know, we had these extremist groups come and um, really torment, quite frankly, these very communities. Uh, we have to be... Um, mindful of how we're supporting our African-American community, our um, newest refugee families, and quite frankly, um, shoring up our Jewish community as well. So I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of different things, but I think number one is dialogue and fully understanding the concerns and coming up with real solutions. And that's what I'd be committed to. Question five. 
City, county, and UVA officials meet regularly to discuss issues of mutual interest as part of the Planning and Coordination Council, or PAC. What is one specific area of cooperation involving the university that you would like to see addressed? I think we have a unique opportunity right now with the um, negative publicity both UVA and Charlottesville is experiencing at this time, and with a new president coming in, um, I'd be really interested in looking back on the living wage um, discussion, and not in a radical way, in a really practical way with UVA. Um, I've met with the living wage um, group and coming up with some uh, talking points <coughs> with the new dean, I'm sorry, the new president, um, is something I'd be really interested in pursuing. And I think that would be a really a positive thing for both the com community and UVA. Um, so that's what I would like to do. Question six. While there are many areas of city-county cooperation, such as water and sewer services, schools, the airport, and the regional jail, there is currently tension over issues that range from bikes at the Ragon Mountain Natural Area, the subject of a lawsuit, to the future location of Albemarle's court facilities. What do you attribute this tension to, and what will you do to promote mutually beneficial relations? Well, I think, I mean, city-county and city-UVA um, relations, all of them are you know, fraught with tension, just in its very nature. Uh, you know, we are really one region, but we have different needs. Um, and that is what I think causes the, cre the um, tension. And I think it's really important that we understand what their needs are. I mean, in terms of the uh, lawsuit for the bike, I, I would absolutely try to dismiss that. I feel like that was extremely frivolous, and you know that's not a way to work with our county. And you know, in terms of the court facilities, I think we need to understand why they should be uh, in the downtown. I think they should be. There's a lot of um, services that are shared uh, with our sheriff's department, the clerk's office. There's a lot of good reasons to have them. Um, together, and I think we need to explore uh, what are the reasons that they may want to leave, you know, and try to uh, eliminate those barriers for the county. Question seven What would you like to see changed about the way city council and the city manager do business, both at its meetings and outside the public eye? And there are a lot of things I think we need to work on. I started the whole conversation um, about what the role of the city council is, and I think that's important for the members to understand that. I think the city council should adopt protocols uh, for a way of working together. Uh, the school board has protocols, and we stick to them, and I think it makes uh, everyone's expectations are the same then and we can um, come at it more professionally. And then I also believe that the city council should have a self-evaluation where they're evaluating themselves as a working unit to see where areas are that they could uh, improve on. And then I would say the city manager, I would expect um, a staff, especially a senior staff report like twice a year to the city council in a closed session. I think we need to understand um, how effective are the staff members. And then I believe, um, you know, 
the city council needs to trust that the staff is doing their job and that they need to work with the city manager to make that happen. The other thing I think we need to do, I think increasing town halls, I think also um, something we've adopted on the school board is that each of the school board members is responsible for going to some of the PTO meetings throughout the year. And I think the city council should adopt the same policy where we go to neighborhood association meetings throughout the year because we're meeting people then where they are and hearing from them in their area. So uh, I'd be interested in that. I also think if we could be broadcasting this on um, uh, the phone, I'm trying to think of what that, we did a school board meeting this way. Um, I know that the city council meetings are broadcast, but it's a lot, it's very difficult at that time of day to be listening. And I think if we could do it where we're broadcasting it through a phone, uh, as in, a, you know, you can call in and listen to it. I know that was really beneficial to me when I, you know, had three little kids and I wanted to give them a bath and get them to bed. I could just bring the phone with me and I could be listening to school board meetings that way. I would like to do that. And I think it's just um, important that if you are on city council that you know that people will just come to you all the time. And I felt that on the school board. You know, most of, a lot of conversations are at the football game or at the grocery store, honestly. Um, that's what I... Question eight. What is your top transportation priority and how will it be funded? So I think I, I talked about this up in the budget. Um, when you look at our expenditures, you can see infrastructures, uh, especially sidewalks. We only spend about $200,000 a year on sidewalks. And when you walk through the community, as I have done for uh, knocking doors, you know you see how many places the sidewalk just ends. Uh, you see how many places the bike trail just ends. And I think um, I would be interested in, especially with the um, surpluses we have, I would be interested in using some of that money to fund projects such as that. Question nine, what specifically should city council do to promote employment and what types of jobs will be your priority? Well, I've been talking a lot about the Piedmont Promise, which is uh, that the city would be providing free tuition to uh, qualified CHS graduates to go to PVCC. And I believe this will prepare our, um, our own workforce for the 21st century. And when you look at the other communities that have uh, invested in programs such as this, you find that many of, uh, especially the tech jobs and cybersecurity, actually come to the area because they have a qualified workforce. And I think that's the kind of technology that we really should be pursuing in terms of job growth. But I also think we really need to look at... Um, the trades, you know, um, electricians, plumbers, uh, beauticians, utilizing our K-Tech facility uh, much more. We know that uh, many of those jobs are going to be much more available because retirement age. I want to say there's like some statistic that it'll be 60% of tradesmen will be uh, retiring within the next 10 years, and I think we need to be aware of that and train our 
own workforce to take over those jobs. And I think it's something just to be said that many of the school, schools these days are training people for jobs that they don't even know exist yet. So it's really hard to put your finger on what is going to be the growth market. But I would certainly like to support uh, students going to PVCC to get their associate's degree or a technical certificate. Question 10. Do you support the redevelopment of Charlottesville's public housing sites and Friendship Court to create vibrant mixed income and mixed use neighborhoods without displacement of existing residents? Why or why not? So I have met with um, the Friendship Court management uh, multiple times and I've seen the plans that they've come up with. I believe uh, redevelopment to improve the quality of the current units is critical. I do believe we need to be doing that. Um, in terms of mixed income and mixed use, I think that is a good use of that um, area. Of course, it has to be done with the participation of the existing tenants. And I also believe that, um, if possible, we should increase the number of affordable units in that structure as it's being built. Um, yeah. Amy Lawfer, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow.